welcome to Zenly Organized, a podcast that explores concrete ways to better organize yourself so you can live a fulfilling, meaningful, and zen life. In short, the life you truly want and deserve. My name is Sarah, and here I talk about productivity tips, minimalism, goal setting, habit formation, personal development, self-care, and much more. Don't forget to subscribe or miss a new episode and go to zenlyorganized.com to find episode transcripts, downloadable worksheets, and more tips. Now, sit comfortably, grab a drink, and get ready to change your life for the better. Hello, Zen Organizers! I hope you're well. Today, I want to talk to you about the effects of multitasking and its less known cousin, cognitive switching on productivity. You've probably heard multitasking being demonized quite a lot. And on the contrary, you're mo- you most likely never heard of cognitive switching at all. That's because it's often confused with multitasking. So before we get into the details, let's make sure we all have the same definition of multitasking and cognitive switching. The two definitions I'm going to give are from Wikipedia. And uh, in this episode, I'll also cite a lot of articles and studies. So if you're interested in learning more, I'll leave the sources in the episode transcript which you can find on the blog at zenlyorganized.com. So, back to the definitions. Um, Multitasking is the ability to perform more than one task or activity at the same time. And it shouldn't be confused with cognitive switching, which is the, uh, the mental process of consciously redirecting one's attention from one fixation to the other. So as you probably know, both multitasking and cognitive switching tend to have a bad reputation because of their negative impact on performance and productivity. But just like most things in life, it's not all black or white. Generally speaking, they do seem to have more negative effects on productivity and concentration than positive ones. But they can present some advantages as well, albeit in specific contexts, which we will see a bit later. So let's start with cognitive switching. Most of the time when people say they're multitasking, they're actually switching from task to task more than they are handling different tasks at the same time. So for example, they might be working on a project and then get distracted by an email notification. So they switch from working on their project to reading and replying to the email. Then they go back to working on the project, but get distracted by a colleague asking them a question. Then they go back to the project, only to be disturbed by a phone call, and so on and so forth. I guess you can all imagine this scene, um, which happens regularly in any workplace, I'd say. So as you can see, in these situations, we're not talking about multitasking, but cognitive switching, because the person is not doing two things at the same time, but rather switching from a task to the other. And so I'm sure, uh, as as I said, you can relate to this kind of situation because most people uh, average about three minutes on a task and average about two minutes using any electronic tool or paper document before switching, according to a study made by Mark in in 2005. Probably these numbers would be even higher because 2005 was like 15 years, well, 16 years ago now. Uh, So probably uh, these... Um, figures would be even higher nowadays. So as you can imagine, this work fragmentation can be very detrimental to our productivity because our mind needs some time to stop thinking about the previous task and focus entirely on the new one. So what it means is that when you switch between a task and another one, 
part of your attention is actually divided between the former task and the new one instead of being completely used on the present task, which is a phenomenon called attention residue. So if you constantly switch between different tasks, your attention is even more divided between the various tasks. Um, so that's why it's really damaging and unproductive because instead of being 100% focused on the task you're doing, your mind, that's unconscious, okay? <laughs> like you don't consciously think about it, but your mind is, some, is subconsciously still thinking and working on all the other tasks you switched between. And to this attention residue phenomenon, you also have to add the fact that every time you start a new task, you need kind of a, um, a startup time to get into the task. You know, if you want to uh, keep working on a project you started uh, yesterday or a few days before, well, before you can start, you actually have to read again the um, what you wrote, then think a bit of what you want to write next. And so all this time... Um, your mind, you're not actually working on the on the project. You're not actually being productive. So that's what happens every time you start a new task. You kind of have to get yourself into the task and think about what you want to do and everything. And this is all like lost time. Instead, if you dedicate like a whole afternoon to work on your project or your report or whatever, you just like do it in one shot and you don't have to think and start over again and every time, oh, pick up where you left your thoughts, you know, like, <laughs> and everything. So that's why um, you have to take this into consideration as well when you switch from task to task. And this is something I see a lot in my workplace. Like I have a lot of colleagues that switch like constantly from a task to another. Whenever there's a new email, they stop doing what they're doing and then they, they start replying to that email or they get constantly distracted by other colleagues or phone calls, notifications and everything. And I've seen it like some colleagues, what something that they could get done in like half an hour gets done in two hours because of this constant distraction and this constant switching back and forth from a task uh, to the other. So th this is really something if you want to boost your productivity and accomplish your tasks in the least possible time, uh, consider stop <laughs> stopping this cognitive switching and try to really, really focus only on one task at a time. Um, this will save you a lot of time. And this goes for everything. I mean, even if you're like cleaning your house, <laughs> if you constantly like stop your vacuuming and then you see something and then you go and maybe do some laundry and then you go back and you're like, oh, where was I? Where, where was I um, vacuuming? And then that's like, of course, you lose less time. It doesn't require as much cognitive functions. But still, I mean, uh, every time you have to get back into the task you were doing. And this is all lost time that eventually can amount to a lot of lost time. So, I mean, I think I've made my point. Cognitive switching isn't the most productive way to work. But as mentioned in the introduction, there are... Um, also advantages to cognitive switching. It's not all black or white. <laughs> so um, first, uh, it seems that the problem of attention residue, so that's what I told you, you know, the, the fact that your attention is divided between the actual task and the one or ones you were doing before. Um, it's actually, this attention residue can actually be reduced um, when there's a strict deadline to finish a task. 
So that's because our minds work really well. And when uh, we have a deadline for a task, well, our mind is able to be much more uh, concentrated on the task at hand and to kind of um, reduce or even eliminate the attention residue from the other task. This principle also works with the current task. So if it has a strict deadline, then your mind will also reduce the attention residue of that task when you'll go and work on another task afterwards. So having a deadline is really a great way to reduce this uh, attention residue if you have to switch between different tasks. And maybe, I don't know, I didn't find any studies about that, but I think maybe that's why the Pomodoro technique is so effective. Um, if you don't know what that technique is, we'll talk about it in just a bit. But basically, uh, you just decide a set amount of time on which you'll work on a task and you don't switch from a task to another during this set time. You just work on that task. And I try to uh, really uh, challenge myself to finish things in that set time. So I'm like, okay, if I, ha I work for 25 minutes on that task, I want to have this done in within the next 25 minutes. So I kind of give myself a strict deadline and this really helps me uh, I'd, I had never noticed, but now that I read about that, I'm like, it's true. Like when I do that and I set a really strict deadline with the Pomodoro technique to finish something, then I'm able to go on, move on to another task more easily afterwards. Finally, another benefit of cognitive switching is that it helps refresh the mind and foster new ideas. So if you're stuck on a task and need to change your mind, then it would actually be productive to switch from a task to another. Okay, so that's it for cognitive switching. Now let's talk about multitasking, which I remind you is the aptitude to tackle more than one task at the same time. Some examples of multitasking are working while listening to music, washing the dishes and listening to a podcast, uh, also watching a movie and looking at your social media feed, or texting while driving which you shouldn't do. <laughs> so chances are you do similar multitasking combinations regularly because a study in the UK found that 99% of adults use two media or more simultaneously at least once a week. And the average of multitasking time is up to two hours every day. So if you want to see this study, it's uh, by the Office of Communication and it dates from 2015. As mentioned, the link will be in the uh, episode transcript. You probably noticed that some of the combinations I just mentioned are more, let me say, suitable <laughs> for multitasking than others. Um, for example, washing the dishes doesn't require a lot of attention or executive functions, so listening to a podcast at, assist, uh, oh gosh, at the same time. However, you obviously won't be as focused on the podcast as you would if you only listen to the podcast. So if it's an educational podcast you're listening to because you want to retain information, like this podcast, for example, <laughs> just saying, just kidding. Um, well, multitasking might not be the best option, you know, but if it's like a funny podcast or not like a really educational podcast but more just like uh, entertaining podcast then I think we can all agree that multitasking won't really affect your performance of either of these tasks as much but now let's take the really bad example of multitasking which is uh, texting and driving <laughs> so of course if you text while you drive 
your driving performance will suffer a lot. I mean, I don't think I really need to explain this one, but um, both of these tasks, both driving and texting, require a lot of attention, of memory, and also executive functions to be accomplished. So their, like their, their combination just exceeds the available cognitive resources we have. So it's really not a good idea to text and drive. Something I found really interesting though about multitasking is that it tends to be more difficult when tasks require similar thinking processes, like talking on the phone and writing a text message, than when um, the tasks are completely different. Of course, it depends on the kind of task. We just saw that driving and texting, for example, which are completely different tasks, don't go really well together. So what this means is that some activities like walking and talking, working and listening to music, for example, or watching TV and replying to text messages are easier to do at the same time because they involve different thinking processes. So there is less negative impact on productivity for these um, multitasking combinations. Another interesting fact about multitasking that I discovered while uh, searching for this episode is that we could be more efficient at multitasking when we're relaxed and doing creative tasks. Um, but on the contrary, when we're stressed or we need to be uh, to use logical thinking, then multitasking isn't uh, very productive. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So just to give you an idea, I myself multitask sometimes, <laughs> even if uh, there are some performance issues. But I, for example, like to listen to music while I work because it helps me block thoughts that are not related to what I'm working on. And it also helps like diminish the distraction from my surroundings. So for me, this is an instance in which multitasking is beneficial, for example. But there are some situations in which multitasking has really hindered my performance. So today I wanted to share with you one of my epic multitasking failures that I've recently had. Because, you know, even if I try to be productive and organized as much as possible, I do fail at it sometimes as well. <laughs> so before Christmas, I wanted to make caramel to give to some of my friends and family. And um, I hadn't talked to my mom in, in a long time, so I decided, I thought it was a brilliant idea. Um, I decided to call my mom while making caramel. You know, yeah, I'll be super productive to do these two tasks at the same time. I'll save a lot of time. So that's what I thought, you know, but it's not what happened. So uh, instead of taking 30 minutes to make the caramel, it took me like two hours because I probably messed up the quantities of the ingredients because while talking to my mom, it was kind of hard to do the math and everything. So, um, and I wasn't paying a lot of attention to what I was doing. Like I didn't stir enough probably, or I didn't leave it enough on the stove, but whatever. So it, it just really took me a long time, more, much more time than it would have if I had just like done the caramel and then called my mom. And also I forgot to sterilize the containers and peel off the labels uh, before pouring the caramel in. <laughs> so I just lost like kind of another hour peeling off the labels. So yeah, it was really a total fail. But what I regret most is that I didn't focus and enjoy this moment with my mom. So I was just it was just like a complete waste of time and energy and of a good time with my mom. So, you know, what I kind of want to leave you with is that choose wisely when to multitask and when to focus only on one task at a time, because sometimes multitasking can be productive, 
but other times it can just be like super unproductive. So uh, as I mentioned, it's not always bad. It's not always good. You just have to choose wisely when to do it and when not to do it. Despite this, okay, uh, despite the fact that there are some benefits uh, to multitasking and cognitive switching, it is generally better to focus on one task and avoid work fragmentation as much as possible, okay? There are advantages, but generally speaking, it's better to do just one thing at a time. But I know also that in our world today, it's kind of hard to only focus on one task and cognitive switching and multitasking kind of come almost naturally to most of us. So I wanted to give you some tips to help you kind of refrain from doing it. So the first tip is pretty obvious, but it's not so easy to put into practice. So it's to try to be mindful about what you're doing at all times. So whenever you catch yourself trying to switch between tasks or do two things at the same time, make an effort to stop yourself before you give in to the temptation, okay? The more you train yourself and your brain to notice when you're about to multitask or fragment your work, the easier it will become to stop doing it. Uh, as mentioned above, if you consciously decide to multitask or fragment your work because it presents an advantage in this particular situation, well, of course, do it. The problem is that most of the times we kind of unconsciously do it, so that's the problem. If you're conscious about you know, your decision of multitasking or fragmenting your work, then it's not, it's not a problem. The second tip is to use the Pomodoro technique. So I kind of described it really quickly before, but um, the Pomodoro technique is a technique that consists of uninterrupted 25-minute period of work, deep work, focused work, uh, followed by sh uh, a short five-minute break. Uh, and then you go in cycles like that. So after four series of 25 minutes work, you take a longer break of 15 to 30 minutes. So for example, if you do it in the morning, then your longer break could be uh, lunchtime, for example. This technique is very, very effective because it gives you a set period of time to focus on one task only. This is really important during the 25 minutes. You only work on one task and you don't look at your phone. You don't switch from a task to another. You don't look at your email. You only focus on that task if you want the technique to be effective. And as mentioned above, uh, you give yourself a deadline to finish a task with this technique. So it helps your brain to focus entirely on the task at hand and to reduce the attention residue we spoke of before. Uh, I also talked a bit more into depth about the Pomodoro technique in another article. So I'll leave the link in the episode transcript if you want to have a look at that. My third tip is to batch your tasks. So batching is a great technique to reduce cognitive switching because it consists of grouping similar tasks together. For example, instead of writing one article every week of the month, I could batch the writing into one or two afternoons. So this way I would only focus on the writing and I wouldn't switch between different tasks. Uh, I could then also batch their editing into, for example, like another block of time in the morning. Um, and I could create all the visuals for the social media in one block, etc., etc. This way, I would avoid switching back and forth from different types of tasks uh, in the same afternoon, morning. I have to be completely honest here, though. This is a technique I've been trying to implement, but I personally uh, prefer to, for example, work on my article in the morning one day and then edit it the next day and then do the visuals another day and then the next week 
once again for like another article, etc. But I have been trying to implement this task because um, every uh, entrepreneur I follow <laughs> on Instagram uh, swears by this technique. So uh, I am really trying to give it a try. And if you do give it a try as well, please tell me how it goes for you. One task I do recommend to batch though would be um, checking your emails. Instead of checking your emails like many times during the day, try to determine one or two periods during the day during which you take care of your email instead of just looking at it constantly throughout the day because this is a major, major unproductive behavior in the workplace in general or even if you work at home or if you're an entrepreneur, um, this is just so bad for your productivity. So try to batch uh, your email reply in one or two periods during the day. My fourth tip is pretty obvious, but try to limit distractions when you're working and when you want to focus on a single task, because this will really help you focus on that task and not on anything else. Um, this, this means, of course, turning off your notifications on your phone. I'd say all notifications, but if you are waiting for important news updates or etc., just try to keep on the only necessary notifications. Um, if you can leave your phone entirely in another room, because I mean, I don't know for you, but if I see my phone next to me, it's just stronger than me. I have to look at it every one and once in a while. So keep your phone away if you can. Um, also, something I also struggle with is to keep only one tab or the only useful tabs open in my browser. Um, I tend to have like 10,000 tabs open all the time and it gets distracting. So try to have only one tab open. Um, also use noise cancelling headphones if you don't have a, a room or an office, a closed office. This really helps for the distractions, etc. I mean, um, I also wrote an article about that with many more types of distractions and how to get rid of them. I'll link that also in the episode transcript on the blog. My final tip for you today is to practice meditation regularly. Meditation has many, many advantages and one of them is to help increase your concentration and your concentration span. So if you struggle with focusing on one thing at a time, uh, meditation might help you kind of um, grow this muscle, let's say, and be more focused more um, for longer. Plus, meditation has just so many other benefits. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I love meditation. And I even wrote an article a few weeks back about my um, favorite apps. So if you want to start meditating but don't know where to start, um, I'll also link <laughs> this article in the episode transcript. So that's it for me today, guys. I hope this episode will help you be more focused and productive when you work or even when you don't work in like your personal life as well, these tips apply. Just a quick note before I leave you guys. Um, as you know, I already said it in the other episodes, but I just want to reiterate it in case you didn't listen to the other episodes. Um, I don't want people to be productive just to be productive and um, have more, like make more money or work more. That's not what I my aim is, unless you want to make more money and uh, work more. That's totally fine. <laughs> no judgment. But mo I think most people would just like to have more time for themselves. So that's why I strive to be more organized and productive. So And that's what I want to share with you guys. So tips to be more organized, more productive. 
so you have more time for yourselves to do whatever you want, whether it be a side hustle or have more time with your family or just take care of yourself, you know, go for a run or be more active, etc. So just don't get me wrong, this episode wasn't to be um, to make you super productive at work so you can just work more if that's not what you want to. It's really so you're more efficient and uh, with your time so you have more time to do anything else. So that's really it now for me. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. Um, It's a very easy and free way to help the podcast be discovered by more people and it's really, really appreciated. So have a nice week, guys. Thank you for listening until the end. You can go to zenlyorganized.com to find the episode's notes and all the mentioned resources. That's it for me today. I wish you a Zenly Organized week and I'll see you for the next episode.